and welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 108, The Long Holiday. And to all of you listeners out there, we say welcome back. Who's we, you might ask? Well, I'm your host, Ryan Spilkin, and joining me today is the one and only Matthew Stubblefield. Welcome back to you, Matthew. Hi. Thank you. Good to see you, Ryan. A pleasure, Matthew. It's been so long. Now, you were back for the SipCast, where we Mm -hmm. daintily Mm -hmm. sipped, but now... 2021 is here, and we're ready to to talk Atlassian once again. Got my coffee, no whiskey in it even, <laughs> and uh, we are ready to go through this, uh, well, I mean, not a plethora, not an abundance, like a I, drizzle of updates, like a little... A smattering? A smattering of updates <laughs> from Atlassian. I think, I think they were taking an extended holiday as well, which, you know, good. You know, yeah, Matthew wrote a blog for internal consumption about how to successfully take a long holiday. And um, if we ever share that publicly, I think everybody should read it because, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't have any idea how to vacation appropriately. It was, you know, it was the longest amount of time I've ever taken off work. It was eight weeks of paternity leave. Uh, and and for our viewers at home, the, the blog post is really about how to make it where when you come back months later, you're not inundated with old business with a bunch of stuff that stalled or didn't get done. And it just really comes down to planning it ahead and uh, transitioning things well and teaching people uh, so that when you come back, you have very little work to do. You know, much like this podcast, uh, we're coming back to a week later and there's almost no stories to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's ex- that's because you prepared so well before uh, you left. You did such a good job with that sip cast. The last thing was like, we're just going to take off. You guys take care. You take it easy. But that's not actually true. We did review all of the the Atlassian documentation from the last couple of weeks. And this is what we got. So let's let's go ahead and jump right in, yeah? Yeah. All right. Let's kick off with the cloud. There are two sets of updates to the cloud, which we will, of course, link to link you to here in the show notes. But uh, most of the changes on Jira Cloud come in the form of changes to the roadmap function. You are able to do quite a few new changes in the roadmap in the cloud where you can create issues directly from the roadmap. You're able to match those issues to assignee and label filters right off the bat. And you can also edit Jira issues from the advanced roadmaps feature. Also, some changes for the Jira Cloud administrators out there or project administrators where you're able to go to an issue types configuration page from the issue view. So you don't have to do, it's basically taking clicks away where you can now get into configure and issues fields right by the right from the issue view by selecting the configure button. So if you're seeing that, we'd love to know how that's, that's working out for you. This reminds me of years ago on server when uh, you know you could go straight from the issue view to look at the workflow, and that was both a really nice way of you know visualizing that, showing it to users, uh, but being able to like pop in and edit something straight from that if you've got the permission, uh, very nice. Uh, I wonder. Uh, I've I've said for a long time, and and Atlassian has kind of hinted at this. You know, they're they're looking at simplifying administration in cloud. Uh, they've talked about the end of schemes in the future, right? Like really simplifying project config and administration. And uh, this is still, you know, getting into that, uh, getting into those existing menus. But this feels like a step in that direction of, of making the issue management a lot, you know, more straightforward. I remember being at Summit 
maybe 2017 at least two years ago it's well yeah it was it was it was 2016 or 2017 and speaking with some of the atlassians and they were just asking you know just like off the record what do you think how could we get rid of schemes and i was like first of all you're asking the totally wrong person and second (laughs) here's what i think It, it would. It basically just came to giving your backend administrators a lot of mapping options. Was my idea. It's like I'd love to get rid of schemes, but in order to keep data coherent, you got to be able to do it somehow. So give them those options. Anyway, I'm not saying that my input gave any rise to this because it certainly <laughs> did not. <laughs> Finally, if you use Jira, if you connect Jira Cloud to Bitbucket Cloud, you've got more information available to you directly from the insights panel inside deployments view. You get a little bit more information about deployment metrics without having to click. Uh, And that's really the big theme, less clicks, more action. I really like on the deployments insights, they've got a little kind of like a flow chart uh, around deployment frequency. This is one of the the new things added. And uh, seeing the sort of bottom graphic of, you know, 17 deployments yesterday, what your average was, uh, you know, how frequently things are rolling out, uh, a very helpful monitoring tool. And so it's, I always like, you know, you know, this data is being captured, right? You know that all this is back there, but getting to it and seeing it and and having it be actionable uh, is challenging. Having something that's really quick where you can go, oh, hmm, typically we're doing eight and yesterday there were none. What happened? You know, or there were only two or, or suddenly there were 17. Um, helping keep everybody on the same page is good. Uh, so that's Jira Cloud over in Confluence Cloud land. Uh, we've had a bit of controversy on the podcast in the in the past around uh, adding links to uh, pages that don't yet exist in uh, the monsters there that uh, would do that. I'm I I have less feelings <laughs> about this than some, uh, but uh, yeah, the Confluence team keeps adding new. Uh, possibilities, new adventures, new ways uh, for linking in the new editor. Uh, so now you can search for pages or blogs uh, in in your site, in addition to uh, just doing the URL or recently viewed. So again, server feature been around for a long time. You can search for something, select it. The thing you're searching for must exist. Uh, you can't search for something in Potentia, but. Uh, but yeah, being able to search. I know I, for me, <laughs> I often will open up a bunch of pages and tabs just so they're in my recently viewed because I find that just a convenient way to do it. But yeah, search works too. The, see, the, I, do, I totally see where, what you're saying there and that's, a, that's how I've dealt with it in the past. But I bet you with all the smarts that they're trying to lay into the platform, hmm. that's going to get much better. The smart search, yeah. I remember talking about that last year and how they are improving search in Confluence Cloud. Hopefully that will come to... to yep. I guess data center now, not, not going to come to the server anymore. But uh, but yeah, so uh, so improvements to uh, being able to search for content to link. Um, you can also now just uh, create a new page with one click. Uh, you can search for templates in the editor or uh, get started with a blank page. I think that's super, super cool. So instead of, you know, in the past, it's been there's a create button and then there's like a little more menu and you decide if you want to select a template there. Now it sounds like you're going to be able to switch your template while you're editing the page. Uh, 
So the question will be, I haven't, I actually have my, well, I was going to say, I have my cloud instance up, but it's Jira. I don't have Confluence cloud. Um, so I haven't played with this, but, uh, but yeah, like being able to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You start typing in a blank page or you switch templates. It reduces a click, makes it easy to switch. My question is, how will it handle existing content? Like, can you switch templates after you type some stuff? Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe I'll set up a Confluence trial and, and find out. Mm. But, uh, but yeah. And then uh, uh, browsing templates uh, in any space uh, across site from the template gallery. Um, you can get there from the global global navigation menu to, to start browsing those for, for page creation. So, I that feels sort of like a... Like, we're not getting rid of the ability to go straight to templates. You know, you don't have to create a page to look at the templates. But we've because we have made this change, we've now added a new menu for getting the templates. So that is all the cloudy news we've got for you folks. Oh, but wait. <laughs> I spoke too soon. This is actually an older bit of news. This was this was while we were on holiday, while we were taking an extended holiday. Uh, very nice blog post on the bitbucket.org uh, blog uh, from Max on December 16th. Manual steps and parallel groups available for pipelines. So this was actually one of the highest voted feature requests for Bitbucket Cloud. Uh, it had uh, 185 votes. And to to be able to manually trigger a step, so you've you've got a pipeline running with some automated stuff, uh, and you could have a step in there that requires clicking a button uh, to to be able to run that sort of manual thing in parallel with the automated steps. So uh, just nice to have that in there. It's it's not just in the code, but it's visualized very nicely. I uh, like the way that they set up the UI for it. Uh, continues to add value to pipelines and, and Bitbucket Cloud above and beyond uh, what we see elsewhere. Uh, this may be obvious, but for those who uh, uh, aren't as, as keyed in, this is not a feature that will be coming to data center because pipelines aren't in data center. Um, so, you know, out of luck there, um, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to Bitbucket Data Center 7.9 shortly. First though, Ryan, let's take a look at Confluence. Let's, yeah, let indeed let's take a look at, Conf, at Confluence because on the seventh of January this year, twenty twenty one, Atlassian released Confluence seven point ten point one, and this looks like a bug fix release. There is one Conf server six zero three seven seven reads like a bug, but it's listed as a story. Um, but basically just some repairs to Confluence behavior in Confluence 7.10 with the page properties report now displaying uh, special characters in the page property macro, uh, attachment repairs, a plugins velocity module is disabled. So but I'm just going to cut that bit. Uh, and other fixes that will just help your Confluence run better. So of course, if you are experiencing any of these problems, Check out the release notes linked in our show notes and then uh, upgrade on staging before you head to server. This is particularly valuable if uh, your Confluence instance is not in English. Uh, so the, the special characters in question are things like, uh, um, we've, oh, I don't know what it's called above the, it's not a t I don't think it's called a tilde when it's above a, a letter. No. But like, you know, you got an accent, you've got an umlaut. Um, it's those in, in page property 
reports in the, in the, the headings and whatnot that were broken. So if your confluence instance is non-English, if you your language uses those accent marks, then this updates for you. So as promised, uh, <laughs> it didn't take long to get to it. There weren't that many confluence updates. Uh, but you know, we, we've got a process here at Adaptivist Live. We've got an order we like to go in. And uh, you know, we, we want to, even after a holiday, it, it helps to get back in that routine, right? We want to stick with that order. So uh, now that we've talked about confluence, let's take a look at Bitbucket server and data center. 7.9. Uh, we're, we're probably not going to have to say the server part for too much longer. It'll just be Bitbucket Data Center. Uh, and honestly, most of these upgrades, that's that's uh, what it is. So uh, the big one being upgrading without downtime. This is something that Atlassian has been talking about, working towards for I don't know how long. Maybe maybe that same summit you were talking about earlier, right? 2017, 2018, it was somewhere back there with uh, zero point upgrades. Um yeah, it's been it's been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, being able to uh, upgrade for a bug and security fixes in your data center, being able to do a rolling upgrade with no downtime, uh, uh, even being able to automate uh, at least part of the process. These are all features that are in Bitbucket Data Center seven point nine. We'll link to those release notes. Um, Server uh, gets a feature as well along with a data center of helping you prepare for upgrades. So a nice sort of planning menu, planning your upgrade uh, to do some pre-upgrade checks, uh, check your method, just kind of like putting some things together and giving you a download, uh, which, you know, fun story. Uh, back when I was a freshly minted Confluence admin, uh, I loved Confluence. I stored all of our documentation on it, how to do everything under the sun. And then uh, one balmy night, I went to do an upgrade and realized my documentation how to do the upgrade was all on Confluence, which uh, that's super helpful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, here you can, uh, you can not only look at it, but uh, it's got a nice download button. Download the documentation. Don't be like young Matthew. Learn uh, his lessons from him directly. <laughs> yeah. Now, don't forget, in the newest version of Bitbucket Server and Data Center, you can now use elliptic curve GPG keys. Yeah, you don't want to forget that. Do you know what those are? I, I don't want to forget about it, though. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> They're encryption keys, and it's supporting specific types. I would guess elliptic curve um, are you know, uh, probably low impact uh, on your joints. And... Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Just they just help you be healthier longer. I don't. I it, it's a it's a type of encryption. I don't know. Uh, for those who know, though, uh, this is probably good news for you, and uh, hopefully it brings you joy. Finally, a little bit of news from Adaptivist. You may remember that the big story of last year was the sunsetting of Atlassian server products. Well, there are lots of questions about, frankly, how much is this going to cost me at the end of the day? So Adaptivist has released 
a an online cost calculator. Now, of course, we cannot guarantee you 100% accuracy with this, and there are all sorts of disclaimers for it. But what it does is it gives you the chance to see your pricing if you renew before the February 2nd deadline, which is coming right up, right, uh, versus switching to data center, versus switching to cloud, and it shows you your options for all of that going forward. Um, yeah, the the price jump to move to data center looks pretty steep right now. There still hasn't been that that lower tier that we were we that there were some rumblings about la the end of last year. Um, so you'll be able to really kind of see where you're going, and maybe it could help you decide if you want to lock in your server pricing uh, before February second or not. So we'll include a link to that in the show notes and use it to figure out what your bill is going to look like in the next couple of years. What's cool about it is it's not just, uh, you know, the, the server to data center, but you can select your different products. Um, you've got a bit of a table of that and the sort of the first year price comparison server data center cloud, but then down below you can, you know, click, do I want to migrate to data center or do I want to migrate to cloud and, uh, get that summarized, not just for like right now, but like with potential discounts, uh, years two and three and four onwards. Uh, so you can kind of get the multi-year pricing. So uh, real slick tool. We'll link to that. Um, take a look if you're trying to figure this out and feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. There's a contact form at the bottom. It's really one of those things where uh, if, you, if you're going to be on Atlassian, you know, for at least a year, lock in your pricing now. Like find some way to do that because it's going to save you a bundle and I mean, we know net present value, the, the dollars now are going to be worth more than they are in a year or two. That, that price jump, it is, it's legit, you know? Um, I still, I actually was talking with somebody last week and I said, you know, honestly, when you look at the entire landscape of portfolio management, knowledge management tools, Atlassian still comes out very competitively price-wise. Uh, but mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lock it in before February if you can, because, yeah. uh, you know. The the yeah. prices there it's it's not a joke and so you have now is a great opportunity you got about two weeks and change left act now supplies are limited to unlimited <laughs> <laughs> we can only download it so many times well Matthew that's it for this edition of Adaptivist Live that sure went quick didn't it much like my toddler's nap time this podcast is coming to an end sooner than expected. <laughs> All right, everybody. So welcome back. Thank you for joining us in 2021. We can't wait to inform you on all of the news and updates from around the Atlassian ecosystem for the remainder of this year. And look out for a new edition of Team Titans next week. Make sure that you connect with us on social at Adaptivist. So for Matthew Stubblefield, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live. There you go. You got there. there you got go. there in the end. Eventually. <laughs>